Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazde. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So it can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So, Come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. What's up, everybody? I am going to be flying solo a little special the next couple weeks here. So, uh, you know, most of you don't know this, but, you know, the solos are a thing that I am a human that has to be inspired to do. Um, So when I don't put out solos, sometimes I'll put out... uh, interviews on Fridays because I just haven't felt inspired to do a solo. Um, so it, solos for me are really special. They're, they're the number one learnings that I come across in my life. So uh, in, in the interest of me spending some time with the family, I'm taking the next few weeks off on solos. But I did what I wanted to do is I'm doing some of my classes, classics. These are some of my favorite solos. So uh, this week, next week, the week after and the week after that, on Fridays, we're, we're going to be doing some solos. Hope you enjoy them. These are some of my favorite all-time solos, classic Darius solos. Stay tuned. Hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazade. And uh, today we're going to be talking a little bit about inflation. Um, as we're all seeing, these inflation numbers are coming out. We're scaring the hell out of everybody. We had some huge inflation numbers last week that came out in the markets, been rocking the markets. My uh, stock portfolio is not doing what I wish it would do, as many of you are probably feeling the same way as I am. And, you know, what I wanted to, to bring up was. Look, first of all, in the greatness machine, you know, we we like to bring a lot of guests on that have done some, you know, amazing things in the world despite the odds. Sometimes they've gone through some really big hardship. Sometimes they've just, you know, created some amazingness. But I also, as many of you who listen to the show know, you know I'm kind of a econ nerd. I love to kind of geek out on on the economy. I follow the markets aggressively every day, all day long. My former business was a finance company, so we were constantly having to, you know, watch the markets as our we sold financial instruments to the bond through the bond market. Um, so I've always been someone that's paid attention to the markets 
aggressively. And so I have been hearing a lot of rhetoric around this idea that, oh, those aren't the real numbers for inflation. And a lot of the, a lot of, you know, some people are that with their, it's almost like they're literalists. And, and so I, I, uh, before I criticize their analysis of, of inflation, it just got me wondering, you know, my number four or four strength, number five strength and strength finders learner. So when I hear something, I go, oh, well, what is it then? Right. And, and so we, we're seeing these numbers, you know, inflation, 8.3, 8.6%. And then I hear people go, oh, no, it's really more like 20%. I'm like, really? Well, where are they getting those numbers from? Like, oh, they've changed the calculation, you know, again. And, and there could be some, some, you know, nefarious activity from the government. I'm not a huge truster of the government. But at the same time, I, I do like to do my homework, right? And I want to understand both sides of the conversation. And I have a lot of friends who are, you know, pretty anti-big government. They're very suspect of the government's behavior. And not to say the government doesn't give us some reason for that sometimes, but but I'm more of a moderate person where I'm like, okay, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. Um, but when I hear people say, that's not, inflation's really like 20%. Oh, have you seen the price of commodities? And what I'm finding is that they're cherry-picking data. And so I went and started doing some research on this because I was just curious if are we really at 8.3, 8.6% inflation or is it really 20%? Are they right? And I'm just totally blind to how we're calculating it because I've heard and you may have heard this that C- CPI, consumer price index, is, is ha- one of the ways we calculate inflation is, oh, well, they changed the basket of goods, right? So I, I went out and I did a little bit of research on this. And I just wanted to share this with the audience because I think it's important that we at least be educated when we hear stuff to know whether it's true or not. And really, there's been two major changes, one in 1983 and one in 1999, that have affected the consumer price index. And so, look, the way I think about it is forget about what I'm about to say or forget about those two changes for a split second. Like when when you yourself as a human being think about inflation, you're like, well, inflation is what it costs me to live like to go do stuff and and to and to maintain a lifestyle I'm accustomed to that's how I think of inflation and you know more or less and when I think of inflation I think of like how does the average person's life change because of spending so if we go to like some third world country or you know developing country where they inflation goes up 10,000% and they can't buy anything I'm like yeah that's 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 harsh right or you think of like a Venezuela where it's like there's no food because of inflation, you know, because of, you know, government, you know, imploding and, and, and what comes from that instability. Like that is an extreme example of inflation, of, you know, effectively depreciating your, your currency, not making it where you can buy the stuff you normally can buy. So just without getting into the nitty gritty, that's how I think of inflation. And ironically enough, I'm pretty sure a lot of the Economists out there think of it the same way. So, you know, there's a, there was a, I was doing some research on this and you know, Alan Detmeister, who was formerly the head of uh, prices and wages at the Federal Reserve, put it the, like this. He said, it, it's what inflation measures is it's trying to get what your out of pocket expenses are. Again, like, what does it cost me to just go do stuff, right? To do what I normally would do, right? More or less. And the two biggest changes that have been made, and, and this is why I'm not against this, is, you know, the inflation calculation is really 
it's a number that is moving around as we're getting more data and it's and it's an optimization of the formula so i i don't like when people make blanket statements like have you seen the price of commodities yeah gas is going through the roof no question but that's not the only thing that we look at yes it affects other goods but it's still being calculated in a lot of these in the cpi that we're looking at so what we're looking at is the two biggest changes that have affected in the inflation calculations are are this number 1 is in 1983 the government switched from using home prices, which included mortgage payments and maintenance costs, to using rental prices to gauge the cost of housing. So basically what they said was, hey, look, like, like the co- cost of a house could go up because the cost of, let's say, debt gets cheaper, right? But the answer really is, is what they call an owner's equivalent rent. So how much their house would cost if they, to rent if they did not own it? Again, I'm using a house. And, and a home is also perceived to be an investment, right? So house prices can appreciate and you could eventually sell and get a profit. You know, that's not, that has nothing to do with consumption, right? That, 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 there's no utility in that. That's your 401k going up in value has nothing to do with consumption. Consumption is I live in a box with four walls and I sleep there and it keeps me warm at night, right? So the fact that they switched from a, one method to a more optimized method does that not, does that make uh, I guess negate that our inflation calculations are wrong? I don't see it that way, and I come from the housing space. I look down and go, look, the purpose of housing is not to be an investment. The purpose it is nice that it's an investment, but that's not the purpose of it. The purpose of housing, if you asked a caveman, would be like to stay outside, to be inside instead of outside, right? So if I can go and rent the equivalent house. But it costs me less. Then, then why would I use the mortgage calculation? I should use the rent calculation because that that puts into perspective what the utility value of that house is. So I looked at that and said that makes sense. And there's a couple different you know economists. One was Omer Sharif, founder of the research firm uh, Inflation Insights. He says, look, if you went back to the other way, it would bump inflation by 1.25 percent. A couple other critics say it may be as much as three and a half percent. So. Does that then raise the you know rate of inflation from you know eight point three eight point five eight point six percent up to ten percent or twelve percent? Yeah, but again, we're not using looking at it from a utility standpoint, which is again, what's the purpose of a house? It's what does it cost me to have shelter, right? Not what does it cost me to have shelter plus my investment? That doesn't make sense. And so I saw that and I said, look, that makes sense to me. And, and, and I get why you would do that. And yes, it maybe shaves off a couple of percentage points, but should I be, you know, bumping up people's cost of living adjustments, let's say through social security or, or through uh, you know government employees, because it costs them more to own an investment. I don't think that makes sense. I think it should be based off of what does it cost them to shelter themselves? Because that's really what we're trying to accomplish when we are taking care of society. Uh, it's not about making sure they can make the best investments. Yes, there's elements of that that has nothing to do with with what we're trying to protect against when we're wa- watching out for inflation. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius from Shazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stopped me from fully enjoying the little things in life, from canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of the sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose 
itchy, watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now, and let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now, I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and supply and demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So that's the, 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 one of the, if not the biggest, one of the biggest changes that has happened. The second, the number two change is what economists call swap um, expenses. So economist says that I can swap an expense, expensive product, excuse me, swap expenses. I can uh, swap an expensive product for cheaper ones. And so again, what am I trying to accomplish? Well, let's say the price of Wagyu beef goes up by 300%, but I'm just going to go eat chicken. Does that mean that that, it, that inflation's out of control? Yeah, for Wagyu beef it is. But the reality is, is I'm still eating food and I'm still eating pretty good food. Or if I go from, let's say, steak to ground beef. So it's this idea that as expenses go up, we swap, we change our behaviors, right? You may notice this sometimes. Let's say we may even see this with gasoline sometimes where I'll go to a cheaper gas station when the price goes up. That's, that's a substitution, right? That's a swap 
of a ex more expensive product for a cheaper one. Or when I go buy a car, I'm not going to buy the same expensive luxury car. I'll buy a cheaper car. Do I, did I lose my ability to drive a car because of inflation? No. I'm just buying a, a less expensive car. So they once collected uh, economists for the CPI basket. They would co collect a basket of items like eggs, milk, shampoo. And then they, they just tracked those over you know 20 years. And they rarely changed that basket. But that measure, it got criticized and it started overestimating inflation because that becomes dynamic once you look at substitution and say, well, I don't use shampoo, this shampoo anymore. I use a different shampoo or I'm not going to eat, you know, steak. I'm going to eat chicken instead. And, and chicken's not in the basket of goods, but steak is. So the substitution effect, right, that what that does is that allows for more dynamic analysis of in inflation. And and the reality is 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 once we factor in substitution, it doesn't make that big of a difference. About a 0.2% is what economists are saying. So those are the two biggest changes that have been made. That one was in 1999 with the you know economist swap swap swapping of expensive items uh, for cheaper ones, and us looking at rents instead of of mortgages, and and. Outside of that, you know, there's there's some other small changes, I'm sure, but those were the two biggest ones I found. And when I started looking at that, I was like, look, those make sense. Like I'm a practical person. And at least I consider myself to be a practical person. And when I looked at this from a practical, you know, I mean, if if you disagree with this, shoot me an email, Darius at the real Darius, or put some comments in 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 the video here. But like, how does that not you please tell me how that does not make sense? Because I looked at that and I said, look. The purpose of measuring inflation is what does it cost for my out-of-pocket expense for me to eat, put shelter, and get to where I need to get to, take care of my health, all these things, right? And what, you know, am I gonna go to let's let's use another example for a sub substitution of an expensive. Let's say the price of the best doctors in the world goes up a thousand percent. Am I gonna go to them or just go to like a, a less good of doctor? I'm probably gonna go to a less good of doctor. Do I do I lose medical care? Yes, I might lose the best medical care. But I still get decent medical care. So uh, again, this is more of a dynamic model. And the way I look at everything is as we grow, as we get more data, we have the ability to make better choices with better data. And what I expect that we would not change an inflation index or, or the measurement of inflation as we start to figure out what habits people have and what they're really doing to live. Now, it, would it be ideal? To say that more expensive things don't get more expensive and they're not, we don't have to substitute and I can have that, that, you know, higher quality life. Yeah. You know, it, it, obviously that's from a lifestyle perspective, that's a better opportunity, but in reality, society still is being fed. They still have shelter. And when you, we measure what the cost of that is in these different ways, their life's not changing that much. Um, their behavior might be changing. They may not be buying home. They might be renting home, you know? They may not be eating steak. They might be eating chicken. Does and and if their if their dollar goes just as far, have we really had true inflation? And the answer is, in my opinion, no. They're still eating similarly, and they still have a shelter. So now, for the rich, maybe their life's more expensive, or it's the people with more money, and that's that's on them. But but if when we look at this as in a general standpoint. People still have the same out-of-pocket expenses. They're just substituting their behavior. So um, I looked at that and said, that, that makes sense to me. But I thought I'd share that with you all. Um, you know, I've been hearing some talk from people that are like, oh, inflation is 20%. 
and and I think that that's a very you know two dimensional way of looking at this, and and we're not really thinking about what does inflation really mean, and and it's not just oh we only measure this one thing and it costs more now, or we only measure this thousand things and they cost more now. It's what is the behavior associated with with those things costing more now as well, and when we look at that from my standpoint, these inflation numbers seem fairly legit. So, you know, I could be wrong. I'll go do more research. If I figure out more stuff, I'll share it with you. But those are the two big things that I saw that have affected inflation. And that's where you're hearing it from me now. Anyway, I wanted to share that with you all. Um, Have a great one. And uh, looking forward to sharing more thoughts with you on The Greatness Machine. Peace out. We love you. You are listening to The Greatness Machine. And that's a wrap for today. Listen. If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. We have tons of great people coming on and we're, we're stoked to have you here to enjoy it with us. Leave us a review. Tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews. We love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode you know, made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, print screen, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind the scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing, I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.